That's going to be the new theme song. It's just going to be, Rachel, save it for the podcast. You keep talking about stuff when we're not recording. You do it too. Sorry, I have a mouthful of cookie. It's okay. I have a mouthful of this delicious craft beer. Mmm. Yeah. Hi. Hey. How's it going? It's a pretty fucking great Tuesday Hell so yeah. far. Take two, because we tried two. this again. We tried this uh, two days ago, and we were both not feeling We it. got 38 minutes and 21 seconds into that recording, and Rachel said, Adrian, can we just not? Can we just, can we just, not? Can we just do this another day? And I was like, shit, that sounds good. That sounds <laughs> ener- really the energy good. was off. Like, the energy was not good. It was weird to me that it was like the middle of the day. I also moved the table and decided that we should sit on the couch and record. Yeah, which, no. Which I think made me like too chill. Too chill. I'm on my period. And so it was like, I was super tired and crampy and scatterbrained. So we just, yeah. So I think I think it's a you made the right call. Yeah, yeah. I'm proud of you for Thank speaking you. up. Thank you. Know, you know, just being in tune with yourself. Well, I'm Rachel. I'm Adrienne, and you're listening to After Adult. You can find us at afteradult.com. We're also at After Adult on Instagram. Uh, we are available to listen to on Apple Podcasts, Boom, SoundCloud, Boom, Spotify. <laughs> Under review for Google Play. <laughs> did I did I miss any other listening? Um, no, you said them all. Okay, yeah, you said basically like everywhere now. I believe I think we're everywhere now. Are we on Stitcher? Yeah. Okay, and Stitcher. I knew I forgot mm-hmm. Stitcher. I'm gonna need to update the RSS link on Stitcher because I changed our hosting service, and I just now realized that I didn't update it on Stitcher. Um, it might have auto-updated. So, but yeah, <clears throat> that's for me to worry about, not for anyone else to worry about. Uh, please make sure to review us. It's please how other people us. find us. If a thousand people review us, my mom will come on the podcast. She hasn't agreed to it yet, but I'm her favorite daughter, so she'll do it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> wouldn't isn't it true? Aren't parents supposed to like want to do anything for their children? No, I think. I think they'll do a lot for their children, but I think there are some lines that you just can't cross. I say this having no children. Not even animal, not even like fur children. I have a child. Her name is Georgia Banks. Yeah. That's She's why about I, nine months old. That's why I said no, not even fur children. Georgia Binks, not Jar Jar Binks, as I found out that my coworkers have thought my cat is named all along. Wow. <laughs> You have, <laughs> you have a book. I do. Adrian doesn't personally have a book, but she got a book. Oh, yeah. I'm holding a book that <laughs> I'm holding is not book. my... Well, hold on. It is mine. Like, it's in my possession. Um, you didn't but, write it, though. No, I didn't write it. Uh, so I got... I, and I, I posted about this on social media. Um, and the Indiegogo has since moved on to, like, the next phase of fundraising. So you can still contribute if you'd like to. <laughs> to Pink and White Productions. I'm sorry, I'm not... Fundraiser what? I'm not what is laugh- so funny? I'm not laughing at the book or at Pink and White Productions, which I love. 
But you were holding it up as if you, as if like there was someone else in the room. <laughs> oh my god! Or like I'm, I'm showing, or like you're like you're showing, like you're I'm showing our the book audience. Up like I'm showing my microphone. I'm like, look, look at this. Look, look. at this beautiful book. <laughs> Fucking um, that all of you can see. <laughs> okay, thank you for calling out how absolutely ridiculous I am, Rachel. Um, but someone's as- got to. <laughs> so it's a beautiful book. You sponsored. And Indiegogo. Yeah. So, from um, Pink and White Productions. Yeah. Jizzly and Shine Louise Houston um, are doing a film that they did a fundraiser for on Indiegogo. The film was called Chemistry Eases the Pain. And I contributed. And one of the perk options that I was super excited about was um, Jizzly's book that they put together coming out like a porn star. And Jizz signed it for me. And I just need to nerd out for a minute that this is, I mean, you have no idea. Like, I joined Crashpad um, at the suggestion of my ex-girlfriend when I was, like, 19. And I'm 30 now. So this is a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, like, the first time I ever saw porn that I felt, like, you know, like, spoke to me as a non, like heteronormative person um but just wrote this really sweet message in the book and like traced their hand (laughs) in the shape of a fist and i'm just super super excited about it and i've been reading it and it's like making me cry every time i read it because it's just so it resonates with me a lot personally so thanks for writing a fantastic book jizzly um absolutely you can let us know if you want to do an after book club (laughs) Yeah, because I have another one. I mean, there's multiple books that we could do. Book club time. <laughs> so, it might just be you and I, but it's... <laughs> no, we'll include all of our listeners who <laughs> who want to read. <laughs> or listen to an audiobook. Yeah. Audiobooks. Mm-hmm. For the people... I get down for that. ...who would rather be reading but instead have to drive. Which is me. When I say that I've read a book, I 99% of the time mean I listen to it. Mm. on audible i i almost said on tape like books on tape that's how i listen that's how i first listened to harry potter (laughs) that's like my friend texted me on saturday and she was like hey can you uh i was going to the rugby game and my friend texted me and was like can you videotape it and i was like yeah let me make sure i bring my vhs camcorder and i'll videotape that for you Speaking of videotapes, today we're going to talk about a little movie we watched. You are so good at the segues. Thank you. Oh my, if I had... I have a lot of awkward conversations that I want to end quickly. (laughs) So I am very, very good about just moving on. (laughs) That's that's what I need in my life. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. So So we watched After Porn Ends... Three, yeah, and it I'm is currently available on Netflix. If you want to check it out, After Porn Ends Two is also available on Netflix. The first one is not. I don't know why. That's correct. I'm not sure either, but it's fine. <clears throat> so it was directed by uh, Brittany Andrews. Who's I was going to say porn star herself. I was going to say Brittany Ashley, and I was like, that's not right. She's a comedian. I, I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that Brittany Ashley is the name of a porn star somewhere. Probably. I'm sure Brit- Ashley Brittany is one, too. 
Um, anyway, so After yeah. Porn Ends 3 it was directed, and she was featured in After Porn Ends 2. Yeah. Um, it has a 5.4 currently on IMDb, which is 0.1 rating higher than when we looked at it on Sunday when it was oh, a 5.3. did you rate it? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit more from that IMDb page. So, yeah, okay, so this movie, it came out in 2018, um, in October, so it's pretty recent. Um, if you're if you're planning on watching it, it's a nice, like, short one, because it's exactly an hour and a half. Um, and there's, uh, because this one was produced recently, I'm not sure when their actual filming um, window was, but my guess would be that it was filmed during, like, the 2017 AVN convention around there. Um, so, like, last January. That would be my guess, just based on the people they're interviewing and, like, the way that it, it looks like it was shot. Um so there's a bunch of people interviewed in this, and the style of the documentary is that they have um, a set number of former, like like retired uh, porn stars that they interview, and these are kind of the stars of the documentary, and then they kind of intersperse that with shorter um, B-roll interviews with mostly with people who are currently in the porn industry, and so that provides like some extra commentary um, throughout. So the performers, the retired performers who were featured in this, in part three, are Christy Canyon, Jen Christy Canyon, Teal, which is spelled J E N T E A L. Yeah, all one word. Tara Patrick, which is T E R A Patrick, Jenna <laughs> Presley, <laughs> who currently goes by Brittany Ruiz, Priya Rai, Bonnie Rodden, Herschel Savage. Luke Wilder and and Alexandria Alexandra sorry Alex sorry. <laughs> it's really hard to read and speak into a microphone at the same time. Do you want me to just read the whole list again? No, we're fine. I just meant we we'll be saying it, their names. We're gonna cut it later on. Nah, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cut it when you trip over your own tongue because it's because it you know why. Because I do it so frequently. It just wouldn't be fair. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, I tried watching part two after I watched part three. And I liked part three a lot more. I still mm. haven't finished part two. Mm. Um, we we had talked about this. But it seemed like part two, maybe because of the director yeah. having experience versus the other directors who were also men and I don't think part oh, of the Oh, it was the, the same industry. guy for the first two. But right. but yeah, it was it was just a different vibe overall. Yeah, it was a very different vibe. Like even the B-roll segments, it was everything in part two felt very like pointed, like they wanted you to talk, they wanted the featured retired performers to talk about one thing mm-hmm. and they wanted all of the like interspersed B-roll to talk about one thing. That was maybe commenting on something that someone else said. But in part two, it was, or in part three, it was, it seemed like the performers were just kind of like having a conversation. And then the current performers who they were, who they were interviewing were just kind of asked like the same list of questions. Yeah, that's how it seemed to me as well. Which I thought worked really well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was interesting to hear what the people who were retired were saying 
And it was just as interesting to hear what the current performers said. And, and also, I thought it was really interesting that most of the performers, um, current and retired, took a lot of pride in their work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the... Um, one of my favorite, as far as like the B-roll people that they interviewed, one of my favorites, or like maybe my favorite favorite. Um, well, first I have to say that it was my favorite B-roll person was Alex Chance, and if do you remember who that is, just from their name being nope. on the bottom of the screen? So Alex, she was the girl with the long hair, big boobs, wearing the kitty headband. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? you just had to say the girl in the kitty headband. Yeah, because I was about to give you shit because. What? Long hair and big Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just realized that's uh surprise I don't like a joke at first. Be anybody. So Alex Chance was like one of my only friends that I made. She lived across the street from me. Oh wow. Like we actually got to be I was probably closer to her than I was to anyone else that I knew in the industry who was also a performer. Oh that's so cool. I, I, I went really... to her house for Thanksgiving and stuff. I really... She's really, really a wonderful person. I liked her segments, too. She... I like... One of the questions that they asked, or at least from what I could get, they don't ask them on camera, I think was basically, like, how do you think the internet has changed porn? Mm -hmm. And she got very emotional. And it was... And it was so compelling to me, like, just... Because I think a lot of times... That's part of the reason why there is such a stigma around sex work and mm-hmm. porn is that you only get to see the very glossy parts of it. You get mm-hmm. to see, you know, made up set. You don't get to see them as real humans. Yeah, who that's like true. you know have to go to the grocery store and you know have to pay their taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, but she was like, the internet's forever. So you have to really think about that before you decide that this is something you want to do because. Mm-hmm. It's forever. It's so true. And I mean, that's something that it's like, uh, that's what people told me before I went into the industry. And I was like, well, I understand that. But it, it's one of those things that it, it kind of is where like, yeah, you can warn people, like people who are thinking about doing sex work or especially porn work because it's so publicly available um, you can tell people that, but I don't really know that it's something that a person can really understand yeah. the and especially when you permanence of, of until you do it. Especially when you think of the age. Like, I mean, they just go by age of consent, which is mm-hmm. 18 in most places. So, like, an 18-year-old... The brain year old, isn't fully developed brain until just... you're 25. Not true. I learned my doctor, my general doctor and I were talking about this. She said for Hmm. women, it is like 27, 28 for men, it's 30. That's, I've never heard that. I also just read an article like within the last week that said 25. A lot of people get it wrong, apparently. Well, well, crap. Well, that's just even more proving my point then. It's true. (laughs) If you're, if you're. Even longer than we thought. If you're a neuroscientist, let us know what the Although I feel like I can let myself off the hook a little bit now, since I'm now my brain is apparently fully developed. If you're a neuroscientist, let us know who's right my my GP or oh god or the internet. All of the neuroscientists who listen to this podcast. I mean, there's got to be at least one. I'm gonna say that there's one. Yeah, 
At least I, one. I, there must be. I know for a fact that I know one person who studies neuroscience. Oh, shoot them a text. And I don't quick. know if she's listening to this podcast. Shoot her a text real quick. Let's see. But if she's not, she probably should be. So maybe I'm going to check in with her on that after this. I don't know. There's a chance she might be. But I don't yeah. fucking know. But also, there's told- a chance that she has no time to do anything other than study neuroscience because she's a fucking medical. Whatever. <laughs> but you, but you told me something interesting on Sunday because I brought up this point before, like five minutes later, being like, "I can't do this," um, <laughs> which was that there's a movement to, like, within production houses, to change the age mm-hmm. limit of participation to 21. Yeah. And I don't know how big the movement is. Like, honestly, and I'll say stuff like this a lot. I think I already have on the podcast. But, like, I'm I'm removed from the industry. I haven't been active for a while. And, like, I can kind of track what's going on by being an outsider looking in on social media. But I don't know, like, in Los Angeles among performers what the attitude is or how much movement there is to do something like try to – have everyone agree to raise the minimum performing age. Like, I just know that I've heard a lot of individual performers speak out about it. Um, When I was in the industry, I felt pretty strongly that you should be 21 in Mm -hmm. order to perform. And I know that I had conversations with, like, producers and directors who essentially the conversation would go like this. It'd be like, yeah, that would be a really smart thing to do. Oh, then we wouldn't make any money. Never mind. Damn. (laughs) Because the, I mean... You know, it's obviously when you're talking about production companies that don't thrive on um, just like the fresh new teen in the industry, like they wouldn't be as affected. But like most of the most, um, I guess, most profitable, maybe I don't know if they're really the most profitable by like an accounting standard, but like the most famous companies. Yeah. Like, all this shit on Pornhub, which is owned by the same company that owns browsers and all that. Like, they all really thrive on, like, the teen, young, barely legal thing. Um, (laughs) The other thing that I thought was interesting about the documentary was how many people at some point... So, just to catch you up on production and porn, Mm -hmm. porn's you... Porn used to actually be sort of like the golden age of Hollywood where there were different production companies and Mm -hmm. you would get signed to that and you would only do like videos or shoots or whatever Mm -hmm. for that company. And you got paid well. And and I think back in the day they even used to get royalties or like mm -hmm. residuals from the films that they appeared in, which is unheard of now. But I thought it was really interesting because most of the people... In this segment, and for the part that I'd gotten through for part two, I'm only halfway through, mm-hmm. we're all from the same production company during that heyday. They were all from Vivid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which and Vivid is still around. Mm-hmm. Um, so my the agent that I had briefly when I first started out, who's a piece of fucking trash, and there was actually a big <laughs> news story that came out about him this week because... A, ra- a TV station in Los Angeles did this like, big old expose, 75-minute-long segment about him and his agency and uh, multiple women who have accused him of, like, abuse and all this awful stuff. So was anyway. It, but, wasn't huh. Bob, 
Bonnie Rotten, one of the women? No, Bonnie okay. Rotten was never represented by him. Um, she she was. She was talking about there was a director that is like a also a piece of trash human who I'm pretty sure is like in jail now. So we'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but my former agent is. Uh, it was L.A. Direct was the agency I was with, and the agent's name is Derek Kay, and he's a, a an awful human being. And I've talked about him before on the podcast, just never named him by name. Um, but like, what's the point? <laughs> And now like, there's a news story about it. Oh, right. Yeah, it's like out. And I didn't even realize, actually, when I started recording this podcast and mentioning that I had this shitty agent, that there were other people who were already, like, filing formal complaints against him. This is all, like, the only reason I'm going into this is because he his office space for that agency was in Vivid's building. So oh. I used to go there all the time. Like, that's where I went when I had my first go see like where you go you literally go it's like you know how like you hear modeling? about in modeling they do go well scenes. i mean i only yeah. know it from america's next yeah model. <laughs> so it's like that except in porn you go and you take fully nude photos um oh, okay and i don't the funny thing about go sees is that derek had his models do them at la direct and i don't know that like it seemed weird to me that it was even sold as being a thing i think it was busy work like it didn't seem like it really increase anyone's chance of getting work it was really just like made you feel like you were gonna get work and it was mm-hmm. a waste of fucking time and i did it once and i was like this is the dumbest thing i've ever done in my life and so i refused to do it again and then he was like mad at me for that i also auditioned for a few things at vivid and like okay. never got like um i don't remember what they you weren't produced. able to become a vivid girl uh-huh. no they didn't even do contract stars anymore by the time yeah maybe they did Oh, I think they did. Yeah, they had one. They had Allie Hayes as a contract star. She played um, Princess Leia in, like, all the Star Wars porn Oh, parodies. sweet. <laughs> so, what was your... Let's go with our... Uh, what's your favorite and least favorite segments? The mm-hmm. film is set up that each of the performers, or retired performers, have, like, a 10-minute-ish mm-hmm. segment. And then it's intercut with the B-roll from what we assume is AVN and yeah. Porn Expo and whatever. Yeah, yeah. It looks like they filmed it at, like, uh, AVN and Expo's awards. So. Just probably other industry events. Mm-hmm. So who is your favorite? Um, so my favorite interview, I think, is Bonnie Rotten for many reasons. Probably the biggest one is that um, she was... Had, had her time in the porn industry was like exactly on the same timeline as mine basically um she retired like later than i did but we were in the industry for like a similar amount of time and um, we both started in 2012 and we were both nominated for best new starlet at the same time mm-hmm. even though i didn't know her personally like i don't think i ever said three words directly to her face i remember she was eating dinner at a table at like a few tables away from me one night during the avn um show that in 2012 and I was like oh man she's so cool I should say hi and then my social anxiety was like don't do it and then I didn't went do to it. sleep and cried myself to sleep probably damn <laughs> that is social hell. anxiety is real it's it's hard you know it's true <laughs> your cat's playing with my feet is it a good kind of playing with your yeah, feet? Yeah, she has never claws out. It's fine. Okay, that's good. Just don't wiggle them too much because then the claws might come out. I'm not. I'm not wiggling them at all. As soon as she placed a paw on my foot, I was like, my feet must remain totally still. 
Good. You're learning. Three hours later, my feet have gone numb because I got too much things. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, we can go more into detail, um, but just as far as, like, just the one that was my favorite, it was mm-hmm. Bonnie Rottens. I also, because I didn't, like, know her personally, but I just was very aware of what she was doing with her career in the industry, I it was really cool to just see her interview and kind of see more of, like, how she saw her career and, like, the reasons why she left and just mm-hmm. all that stuff, you know? Yeah. What about you? Who's your favorite? Okay, so on Sunday I said it was Herschel Savage. <laughs> but I've done <laughs> some introspection. Oh, oh no, have you changed it? deep thinking. And I think that I liked the production of Herschel Savage's the most. I also mm. thought it was very personal. I really enjoyed his interview. I always think it's interesting because we've talked about it. We've mentioned a few times that mm-hmm. men are mostly just seen as like the penetrating object for the women. Yeah. And he and he just had some really interesting takes. But actually, I think my favorite um, was Luke Wilder and Alexandra Silk. They're actually... So they're actually married. Their segment was a joint segment. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really enjoyed the fact that it sh- it showed that against the stereotype that's like you can be in a very loving and committed relationship if you if you're like what people would label as like a cakey little freak <laughs> like the outside and world. not monogamous and yeah like yeah. and I also like the fact that you know they went into it wasn't just about like okay well what was it when we first got into the industry, but they owned their own production company. Yeah. And which I thought the concept of was really interesting. The concept that their production company went with was, you know, it was like all about like couples. Yeah. It was was like real, it was real couples Mm -hmm. that, you know, were non-monogamous. And so it would be like sometimes orgies or whatever, but, but it was all about like everything that you, Every all their videos, it was like all about what you did as a couple, and also how some of the things they did were. Um, so one of the things they talked about that I found really interesting was they um, Alexander yeah, Silk for Adam and Eve mm-hmm. um, got to do like a travel log. Oh, and, I was going to mention that too. I wrote that down in my commentary, and I was like, "What is this life?" And I was like. That's, so and jealous. I was like, this is fascinating because for me, that seems like a really, like, that was it very much endemic of the idea that, like, reality TV would soon become a huge, like, there would yeah, be... Yeah, that's so true. And that was in be, 2000. Right. There it would be, like, 50 right different reality industry, television like, shows for anything that you can think of and, you know half of them would be on the same channel Mm -hmm. and I just thought that was really interesting that porn kind of did it first well not really there's like a history of it because there's like whatever but but for modern did like a lot quite a a few things quote unquote first depending on how you look at it but yeah I did think it was so sad but kind of funny how uh Alexandra Silk and Luke Wilder told that story and 
They said that they went, they were filming these travelogue, like, porn series for Adam and Eve Productions, and then they came back to Porn Valley to Chatsworth. That wasn't, like, that wasn't why they came back, though. No, I know, I'm just saying, like, they got, they came home, and then right. they realized when they got home that, like, a no, bunch of studios they didn't, been, like... No, except they didn't leave for the travelogues. They left oh. because Luke Wilder's mom got sick, and they Oh, shit, go. you're right. And oh, then, I remembered it incorrectly. And then also, I thought this was really cool, too, they've... They you have such continue. a good memory. Thank you. Only for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they, um, Luke Wilder's mom got sick. They went to go take care of her. He went and got his master's, his bachelor's in his master's. In psychology. In psychology. Yeah. Um, and then when they went back to Chatsworth, they were like, no one's there. No one's yeah. there anymore. We don't know what's up. Yeah. All these uh, companies are closed. All the companies are closed. And then she's actually, just recently, she's like the 19th person in the United States to become a certified sex surrogate, which I think, it's, I think it's really interesting when people who worked in porn are no longer part of porn, but they still do something in sex work, mm-hmm. obviously. Or they're, they're peripherally still peripherally, in, in the industry yeah, in some and, way. Yeah. And, you know, obviously some of the performers here did, did not. And they still don't, and you know they kind of wipe their hands clean of it for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But I do, I think that's very interesting when they do. So, who was your least favorite? My least favorite has not changed since Sunday, but it's not. It's not because I thought everyone. I thought all the segments were super compelling. Mm-hmm. Oh, neighbor's dogs going absolutely fucking insane. Um, so my least favorite is not because of um, of like anything, any of her work. It's not. It has nothing to do with any of her performance or sex. So it's work. not personal. It is not personal. It is genteel and is specifically because <laughs> she now does like. CBD oil sales, which I have nothing against either. But it's because of one thing she said where I had to pause it and yell into my pillow for like Oh no. A good it I mean what did she felt say? Like did you write it down? Did you quote it? Do you have a quote? Of course I do. Cool. I really want to know. I okay, well actually no, I don't, but I have what I wrote in my notes, which was she basically said that CBD oil, she's known people whose CBD oil helped cure their cancer. <gasps> no. Which is so dangerous. No. So I wrote in all caps, what a dangerous way to peddle CBD oil. It heals cancer. Are you serious? JFC. Like, otherwise, Did I... she also say that it replaces the need for vaccinations? Oh, God. That's how I felt. I thought that was going to be the next thing out of her mouth. Was Just a little bit of CBD oil every CBD morning. Oil. You won't need to be vaccinated against polio. Put a little rose have behind your ears, and polio will never affect you. But see, except that was the only part of that segment. Like, I liked everything else mm-hmm. about her segment. I thought it was really cool that, you know, she really got into the game or into the industry because it wasn't it wasn't even like about money it was like it felt like to her a safe space for her to explore 
her sexuality and mm-hmm. all the things that she wanted to try. Yeah. And then she left and cuz she <laughs> it's actually probably my favorite quote in the whole thing. In my least favorite uh-huh. part is that she said she left cuz she wanted to be a basic bitch. <laughs> Um, she did say that she did and she also said one of my other which was the juice was worth the squeeze and I rang that fucker dry so like really Mm. it is just that like I just can't help picture a fucking orange like I just just an orange just a really orange orange now I want orange juice alright so that was your your least favorite that was my least because of her scientific inaccuracy yeah it literally only for that 30 seconds when she's talking about what she does wow. now, which is pedal CBD oil. Wow. I, everyone else, I even if I didn't necessarily agree with them, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the way that their segments were produced. I really enjoyed listening to their views. And maybe that's because you have, because I know who your least favorite is already, mm-hmm. but I think because I am the civilian co-host mm-hmm. to me it's all very new and interesting and so i just want to get what everyone says i want to see what everyone thinks and what everyone says so it's all very new information and i have to process it through i have to process the experience through others people's filters mm-hmm. not through my own that's that's a good point and everyone has it's so different like just hearing everyone talk about their experiences, it's like there's so much that we all, like, we being like all people who have been in the porn industry have in common, but it's clearly very different Yeah. for each individual. Yeah, even some of the views were, over, were overlapping. Mm-hmm. Um, like Herschel Savage, and I think, I don't remember if it was Tara Patrick or Jen Teal, um, but they brought up the fact that it's like, a really intimate act and like Herschel Savage was like it for me it was not just having sex it was like I made love to these women like they are I consider that it was very intimate and I think it was actually Tara Patrick I can look through I think it was quick. I'm pretty sure but it was yeah neither of them would have sex with someone who they didn't want to have sex with mm-hmm. and that also they always consider it was it's an intimate act which Maybe the scenes were not depicted in a classical form of intimacy. (laughs) Like, you know, that, like, the soft lighting and the indie soundtrack and and whispers of sheets. Yeah. And the... And... I don't know what... Whatever else. Yeah, just, like, the way that things are edited and cut together sets the right. tone for the scene. But yeah. that, but... Or the lack of attention to editing But sometimes. that, the them, was, it was very intimate. I mean, Herschel Stapp, in, like, what I thought was the most baller thing, he's like, yeah, I still, I, I get turned on by my scenes. He was really, was, he, that, the way he, that he nerded out, he was like, watch this scene. Like, I yeah. don't remember what the fuck they were doing that he was, like, so latched onto. But I was actually very entertained the way that he, yeah, he still like, goes back and watches some scenes. He watches the scenes. Because for him, it's reliving this really awesome memory of this intimacy that he had with this person. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was like, that's, I was like, that's kind of cool. I will admit I've had scenes that I shot where I was like, 
did was it really the way it was it really like that good or in one case one particular scene i was like is it really that bad and like go back and look at it to see if it was really as bad as i remembered oh man the bad one was worse than i remembered and the good ones were better than i remembered so that's good that's (laughs) hey thanks for listening to after adult This is not the end of this episode. It was just long enough that we cut it in half. So please look out for the next half of this episode about After Porn Ends 3, the documentary, that'll be coming out in another two weeks. Thanks for listening, and follow us on Instagram at After Adult. Also, we're now officially on the Google Play Store, so you can subscribe and listen to us there if you are not an Apple Podcast listener person thing dealio cool thanks bye